When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you doing, Robert? I'm doing good. I'm feeling quite familial today in the sense of family ties. And mm-hmm. um, I've been thinking a lot about my own family and also like family that aren't here anymore. For some reason, being in lockdowns made me think a lot about the past and my grandparents and my brother and kind of people that are no longer with us for some reason, mm-hmm. um, which is, is quite intense, but also quite um, pleasant, actually. I'm, I'm quite enjoying having happy memories. So that's that's been fun. But the reason I bring that topic up is also our guest today is not only an award-winning incredible actor and... Um, Multi-award he, winning, yeah. Multi-award winning, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hasn't only won one award, he's won many. But he also has acted as a member of the royal family in The Crown. And his own family in real life has connections to art, which we will learn about. So family was definitely something I was thinking about while reading up about our guest. Wonderful. Well, let's welcome to Talk Art... Josh, Josh O'Connor. O'Connor. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Josh. How Hi, are Josh. you? How are we finding you in this lockdown period? Um, I'm, I'm kind of good. Like, this sort of lockdown sort of suits me, I think. Um, I was thinking about it the other day that in, in kind of normal... I thought it would suit me, but then um, socially I'm quite... Uh, I quite like to lock down day-to-day in normal life. Um, right. And it's it's actually it's actually kind of a lot easier normally because you can just sort of come up with an excuse. But now, um, yeah, you sort of have to. People know you're free, and so they can kind of call <laughs> you. And there's no there's no excuse. no escape. There's no excuse. There's like, no oh, I can't. I'm away. Like, or you're being like yes. hounded. Yeah, hounded on Zoom today. or house party no, or everything. What's that? <laughs> yeah, so we know we know exactly yeah. where you are. We know you're Every at home watching Netflix. In fact, I just—I actually just spoke to my uncle, who was asking if they could, if he could call me, and I said that I couldn't because I was doing a podcast, and he sounded <laughs> like I—he'd like caught me lying or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, he but can now tune he'll know. in if he listens. He'll know. Yeah, exactly. Well, you are doing a podcast, and you're doing an art podcast, and what's oh, yeah. exciting and why we approached you, Josh, is that you have which people may not know, you have so many art connections in your life Mm. and you yourself are an artist. You are someone that creates uh, work and you Mm. show it on your Instagram feed, which has uh, a lot of followers and a lot of excitement. So we wanted to just kind of delve into how 
art has become a big bit of your yeah. life because everybody knows you as an actor, but it feels like that's another side of your life that is as important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, I think, I mean, in some ways it's a kind of, it's just sort of been present in my life always as kind of as long as I've, I can remember really. So my, um, my grandmother, um, was and is although she's kind of less active now um was a, a ceramicist and um kind of sculptural ceramics mm-hmm. um and uh, my grandfather was a sculptor and so sort of growing up I was always kind of around their studios and and um and that's sort of what I knew and I was drawing from a very young age I kind of remember my grandfather sort of teaching me to observe and draw and keep my pencil on the page and and things like that so it's always been sort of part of my life. And, and I think what's funny is that as you kind of, I think as I'm getting a bit older, I'm sort of starting to, it's sort of, I guess it's becoming more uh, like more, it, it was kind of something of, of a kind of a private activity. And now it's mm-hmm. becoming something that I, I, I feel more confident to share maybe. Um, Why do you think that I is? Don't... Why do you feel confident now? I don't know really and and actually I was thinking about it um recently and and I don't know that it's sometimes I don't think I am that confident to share it and sometimes there were like days so something recently something happened where it was like a few months ago um Xavier Dolan the filmmaker who Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of had uh, kind of reached out to me and said um he'd love one of my drawings and so there was this kind of like real excitement of like, oh, someone someone likes a drawing I've done. And mm-hmm. of course I love his work. And so I was about to send it and then I never did. <laughs> this is like what? a weird therapy confession. <laughs> but I never did send it. And I think it was because in hindsight, I sort of got to the moment of, I put it in a nice envelope and wrote out his, his address and things. And then I just thought, actually, I'm not sure that that this is public enough for me uh, or is it uh, I don't see I don't know that I feel that I'm ready yet to share my art in this personal kind of public way wow. and it's, it you... seems really strange because I think because obviously I have started to show stuff on Instagram but it just yeah. it still feels like a very private thing in, in a way does he way. know it's not arriving or is he expecting it to come for a yeah yeah, yeah no <laughs> yeah oh he knows yeah <laughs> and yeah. you and you would give an announcement Right. Yeah, by the way, Zabby, just stop waiting by the post box. It's not coming. And did <laughs> yeah, he? Did he? Yeah. Was it you were gift, gifting it to him? Yeah, yeah, I was gifting it. To, I mean, the, I've had a few. A few people have kind of reached out and said, "Oh, I'd love to to buy one." Or, if, um, and in the past, there have been a couple of occasions where I've, um, I have you know done a commission or someone's asked me to do a drawing for such and such mm-hmm. and I've, I've done it but mm-hmm. but really it was it's always been for me it's always been more of a just something I've always done a private and, yeah, event, yeah a private yeah. thing but I guess yeah Instagram's a fun, funny old one really because in in some ways it's turned um it's turned into something for me where, which is about kind of showing off other people's art and so um uh, in some ways, I guess I've uh, sort of backed away from it a, l- a little bit, but that's not to say that it won't come back. Um, but I think your Instagram feed is actually at Josh O'Graphy. So you have, a, you, and, and your vibe <laughs> yeah. on it is very arty. It feels very kind of modern, yeah. mid century British vibe. Mm. That, that I think your art heroes are very rooted in, to yeah. me, feels like your granddad's era. 
yeah, uh, for sure. And his his predecessors, like um, or the people like Henry Moore before him, and then mm. yeah, I love people after him, like Anthony Gormley. But you, you the heroes mm. you post a lot, Barbara Hepworth and mm. yeah. Derek Jarman's in there. You've been a massive supporter of trying to get um his uh, prospect cottage. Yeah, prospect cottage. Which they reached. I think yeah, they reached they, they, it today. They've reached right? their target. Did they? Today. What three point yeah. five yeah. million? Yeah. They got it. Yeah, yeah. they reached it. Yeah, yeah. they reached wow. it today. They've so actually gone over today. Yeah. Which is um, so amazing, considering. So and I amazing. also think, considering the timing, I think it's amazing that they've reached what they've reached. And yes, um, in the current climate, you're like, wow, people yeah. are still giving money to it. Yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. incredible, though, because like so many people, like Wolfgang Tillmans, you know, donated an artwork, like an edition, and so did Michael Craig Martin, and yeah. there were so many kind of ways to give money that were encouraged. Mm. If you know what I mean, by yeah. mm. by like buying something like a tote bag that might have had the and Sandy. The do you remember Sandy Powell during the um, yes. the awards season? She had this beautiful white suit that she got everyone to sign, and then she auctioned yes. it off for Prospect Cottage. So there's all yeah, these yeah, kind yeah. of it was amazing seeing the whole kind of art world in different formats get behind this great man who, yeah, was a great influence. I think that whole period, for, I mean, Derek Jarman in some ways I put in a kind of different bracket to, to the other ones you listed there, but I think it is something to do with um, a kind of crossover. To, to me, it's like a period that kind of... Um, that generation of artists feel to me like a, a kind of strange crossover between craft and art. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I think Hepworth maybe has that, I think, um, um, I guess like Bernard Leach, um, Lucy Rye, mm-hmm. Hans Copper, all those kind of, you know, I mean, the, specifically potters and, and um, ceramics. But I think, I think when c- ceramics turn into sculpture, and, yes. and what that kind of fine line is. I, that's always sort of interested me. Is that what your um, grandma's work is like? Yeah, they're sort of... My grandmother's work is uh, sort of um, figurative. So um, they're quite bizarre. I mean, in some ways, they, they're standalone. And I will post more of those, actually. But they're, yeah. she, was, she was an interesting character in that she um, spent her life committed to that work. But it was very much craft. And, and so she would never exhibit. She would go to these kind of craft fairs and she would sell her ceramics. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I've kind of got sort of obsessed with now is that I've collected so many of her her pieces now. So my flat's kind of riddled but with But what them. from the market? Oh, like so from the nice art though. market, you mean? You've gone and yeah. found them? Really? You've yeah, sourced well, some, them from some places? Some I've found, yeah. Sourced them and... and like where? Um, where have you found them? How did you get... Like you just typed her name I mean, into a search engine? What's, or? Yeah, what's amazing is that if you... Um, look up Romola Jane, my grandmother. There is sort of, there, there is no like. Well, I think there is a, a small Wikipedia page, but there are there are sort of more, um, you know, little blogs or things about someone from. I remember I found this little blog from someone from Lewis in Sussex, yeah. um, which is actually where my grandmother lived for a period, and so maybe that's where she found her. But she had collected two or three kind of scenes ceramic scenes one was like a um a cricket match and the other one was a like a um a uh, kind of noah's ark sort of thing and um and she had she had two or three of these pieces and she was kind of, she was reaching out to see if anyone knew of any other works and i got in touch this was years ago i don't mm-hmm. think i got any from her but there's there are various accounts of people like this who really seem to appreciate her work but don't know enough about her and I think that's what happens when you kind of, when there are more of these kind of craft fairs as opposed to 
um, exhibitions or um, or kind of curated um, events, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I have a few of hers. I don't, unfortunately, don't have any of my grandfather's that are slightly harder to kind of come by and. And I saw, I saw that your 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 grandfather, um, John Bunting, his yeah. his sculptures um, are available. Sometimes you can find like bronzes, and mm. and also he obviously made wooden carvings, but uh, yeah. stone sculptures, like a whole um, array of things. But I did notice some of his on online, like at Artnet or mm. somewhere like that. Yeah, his, so a few of so his smaller bronzes. Yeah, they are available. So he he had a kind of. Um, amazing his story is amazing so he was he was um he was at st martin's he was a, co- a contemporary of henry moore's and knew henry moore very well and there so were kind cool. of lots of similarities in their sort of um <clears throat> there's a, a kind of plumpness to that to some of their um, yeah, figures um that you can kind of see crossovers yes. with and um and my grandfather just sort of left london post-war and set up in yorkshire and he was the art master at Ampleforth. So <clears throat> for a long period, he was teaching young lads going on to do art, including people like um, Anthony Gormley, he taught, yeah. and uh, a few others. And so there was, he was kind of, he went off on that route. And then only le- kind of later on in life were his sculptures suddenly kind of, as is often the way with artists kind of well respected and mm. um it was after that he after he died that really people sort of started to jump at them um so yeah so and it, it was, kind of lots of there are lots of them around in our family but i just don't have oh them. wow and when he was teaching he was teaching drawing no mm, exactly so which i think is really cool that they had a draw it was like drawing master um which i certainly didn't have at school but um I, th- I think that I think the, the kind of drawing, drawing was more was kind of a more more of a kind of a normal basis for all artists back then, right? I, I think yeah, when you yeah, hear yeah. accounts about art school, but um, certainly when my um, when my grandfather was at St Martin's, it was like every single day was spent drawing. Everything wow. was drawing, and then only later would you sort of introduce other formats, you know, be it sculpture or ceramics or you know, you started everything with life drawing. Um, yeah, so I, I, I actually really like um, talking about Anthony Gormley, who your your grandfather taught drawing. Mm. Um, his drawings are really, really great. And you don't always think of Anthony Gormley immediately, you know, to do with drawings. But we actually made a print with him last year for Save the Children for the charity portfolio uh, we did at Counter Editions. Um, and it was really? a, a, you know, a print, a, a yeah. lithograph. And I think maybe it was a lithograph with a screen print. I can't quite remember now. But um, but it was amazing to think that he was so good with, with you know, with his, with his, you know, as a draft and as a kind of you yeah. know for, for drawings I, it really surprised me so I guess that that was I'm encouraged by your grandfather which is yeah so I remember I've, I've seen a few things I remember seeing a documentary about Antigone and seeing he used to do these huge kind of um well essentially like kind of whirl, whirlwind squiggles um mm. and, and they're huge prints that I remember seeing available again on Artnet like a while ago but yeah um, yeah again out of my reach but um yeah no, i think i think that i think i sort of think that the drawing um i think maybe we've i i was actually listening to to one of your episodes on um is it alvaro uh, barrington yes alvaro yes barrington? we love alvaro yeah he's so cool and i alvaro that's it and i i loved like i loved how he talked about drawing and how when he was younger this idea of like sitting in a gallery and um 
and just and just studying a painting or studying a work of art yeah. um, and just drawing for, for hours on end. You know, I always thought yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah. kind of, that feels like a lost art now. Definitely, um, definitely, yeah. So when you was a kid, I mean, your influences in your whole life have been, you, you're saying your grandfather and your grandmother, did, 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 yeah. were they artists when they met each other? Yeah, so I th- I'm pretty sure, I hope I got this right, but I'm pretty sure they met at art school. Um, and so there must have been, they, so my grandmother's also at St. Martin's. And I think that they're, um, I think both, again, I think both of them, it was a love of drawing, you know, the kind of, certainly when, when I was growing up, there was like, um, my grandfather's attitude was until you've learned, it's like, it's like with, with any kind of format of art. And so as, you know, as a child, I was always kind of, I would look up to my grandfather and see him you know, chiseling into wood. And I was like, that's what mm-hmm. I want to do. You know, I want to do the those kind of things. And he was like, there's yeah. no point going anywhere near all these tools until you've learned how to draw. And so he used to sit me down kind of quite a brutal way. And I just used to draw. And every time my pencil came off the page, it was like, well, that's drawing's done. That's useless now. So you start again. And so you'd learn to like not take your pencil off the page, not look at your pencil oh, or right. the page. And you just learn to life draw. And so he would just, I would sit for hours in either his, so my grandparents were split up, but either his kind of sculpture studio in Yorkshire or my grandmother's um, ceramic studio in Brighton. And I'd just sit there for hours and I'd just draw. And so there'd be like flowers on the table or a cup of tea and I'd just spend hours drawing. And I, and I think, you know, ultimately um, I lost interest in that when I started going to school but um, and kept and didn't keep it up. But I think there is... There is something in the fact that when my grandparents were at art school, the fact that they would spend every single day doing that, you know, yeah. I, I do, I, I can muscle, see how that it? kind of craftsmanship. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, the, that to me is the thing that feels so special about um, art in all its forms is when it, when you can see the kind of cr- the craftsmanship behind it. Um, yeah. And I guess that's where kind of the love of people like Lucy Ryan and Hans Kolper and all and Bernard Leach and all those people kind of comes really. It's it's that that basic. Are you talking about the um, continuous line then? If we look at like your drawings on Instagram, if people mm. go and look at them, that's how your drawings are formed now. They seem to have like a continuous line line drawing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. I think and maybe it comes from maybe that's where it comes from. I think there's like um, the in reality i think something stripped back you know the kind of minimalism of like of of the kind of uh, those beautiful picasso drawings of just you know singular lines i yeah. i always find that um you know in a, in a in a world in which things are kind of seem so complicated i think it sort of feeds over into the acting world and into film and 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 television for me as well and i don't know if you find this as well russell but for me, it's like I often, I often as a kind of as a fan of actors, I always think that seeing an actor do less or seeing an actor not say so much um, or show so much is always more powerful, of course, um, and emotional than seeing someone kind of over-explain or over-analyze. And, <clears throat> but and isn't that in the way that I, one of the biggest tips I had as a kid is that I, I used to be able to cry easy in acting. Yeah. And I remember one drama <laughs> teacher say to me don't cry the point when you are interesting is when you're about to cry but the moment you actually break crying you're yeah. crying we're, we're, we're so already, like, we already know what that is but if you're yeah. breaking then we're with you because we don't we, we're thinking are you gonna break 
And I guess it's Absolutely. that. It's that. Yeah, it's, it's pulling it's that back, pulling everything that. back. It's yeah, completely reducing it's it like, to its emotion. Yeah. Yeah, and it's to to go back again for the second time. Al, um, is it Alvaro? It's Alvaro Barrington. Alvaro, yeah, Alvaro, 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 Alvaro Barrington. Yeah, Alvaro. Yeah. So yeah. again, in that episode, which I, I love so much, is this idea of um, him. But I think lots of artists having this thing of when you sit in front of a piece of art and you can sit in front of it for hours on end, that it's probably good. I mean, I think I think generally speaking, if you've got you know so much of, um, for me, so much of. Uh, performance and storytelling um and likewise with a lot of um fine art so much so much of the kind of experience emotionally is is what isn't there or is what is um is kind of challenged to you the viewer in what you're kind of perceiving and what you're understanding from it um mm. and so i i sort of th- sometimes think stripping everything back is quite um fun i guess is why it, some of those drawings have ended up the way they are really mm. You've reduced them to what exactly like the essence of what you want to yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. But they're very illustrative like, and very kind of like um, they make me think of fashion, like YSL fashion sort of mm. imagery or cubist. There's definitely an Art Deco vibe in there as well. There's definitely cubism. Yeah. I, I think. think so. I, I think. Yeah. I think fashion often like fashion. The crossover between fashion and and art are always kind of fascinating, aren't they? I like you know. People like Alistair McKellen and and um, you know in the photography world, but but also I think some of those kind of um, often you see like artists and their kind of early drawings feel very um, of the kind of fashion world. I think mm. um, so. Yeah, so yeah. You've um you, you've crossed that yourself, haven't you? Because you've you've collaborated with J W Anderson at Loewe. Yeah, um, yeah, with Jonathan. Actually, yeah. Yeah, with Jonathan, and you've actually um, like modelled in his campaigns, and yeah, I, I've done a few. I, I was looking yeah. at those photos and thinking about you as an actor because we were chatting to I think it was Billy Porter yesterday who said that mm. that as an actor you don't just wear the clothes like the clothes. Well, the clothes don't wear, wear you. You wear. Sorry, the, the clothes. clothes don't wear you. Yes. You wear the clothes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and this idea that like that because as an actor you 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 well, have a strong sense of character yeah. exactly yeah theater actor but when i was looking at the photographs i actually thought you were doing that in as a model it was like somehow there was this narrative there was there was a very strong sense of self and purpose within the way that you it wasn't just like a kind of blank model because sometimes when you see fashion photography you're just i'm just a bit bored no it wasn't it. you it was you but it was a character yeah. you were portraying yeah yeah, yeah. it felt that. like a well, character i think it's i think it's like the, it's kind of i mean that's sort of like a defense defense thing i think i, I, I just think that um uh the idea of it, of doing any sort of modelling to me was like the worst, the most terrifying oh, really? prospect yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah because wow. it's not, it's not in any way something that I felt comfortable doing. And and mm. and um, and obviously, Russell, you've you know you've done, probably done plenty of this stuff in the past, where it's like, where you know, when you do those kind of editorial things, and and you're talking about acting, but that's mm. not really. I'm not very. I, I can do the acting, but I'm not very brilliant at talking about acting. About acting. I'm not very good, yeah. I'd good at like, act. Yeah, I'd rather do the acting, and I'd, and 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 I think it it works. It works in the same way with the kind of modelling thing. Is is it's all well and good saying that you look, you know, often those kind of crossovers are. Um, here's an actor who looks great in this film, and so I want to use them in a fashion shoot. But the reality mm. is that. They look good in that film probably because they are pretending to be someone else and they don't necessarily <laughs> feel comfortable in their own mm-hmm. skin. And I say I often think that see, you know, 
when anyone anyone ever asks me to be okay now do josh and it's like well you don't want to see josh you want to see um i don't know this character from this film or whatever it is yeah, that yeah, you've yeah. connected with although i must yes, say exactly, I, must, yeah. I, I must say though with loewe i think there's such a history of like supporting the arts and yeah. and with with jonathan in particular he loves the whole kind of yeah, you know he, he loves ceramics and crafts mm. and like and he's yeah. you know he's really supported women artists and and lots of different and queer artists and and you know he, yeah. he has a similar and, and some of the things that he loves and that they've helped promote through craft at loewe does fit actually with yeah. what you're posting yourself so Completely. and also probably what your family history is so it's quite yeah it is quite a nice and i think he there. he was he was really clever at, <laughs> i guess he was really clever at kind of um guiding me through that really because i'd had no experience of doing any sort of modeling before i think there was it never felt like this kind of relationship i've had with Lueve for however long it's been like like four years now um yeah. it, it never felt like a um oh and now i'm going to go and do some modeling it was always um, you know, the meetings I had with Jonathan were all we ever talk about and, um, and we're good friends now, but all we, all we tend to talk about really is, is craft or is this artist that he's seen and I'm, he'll kind of show me and I'll get really excited about, or, mm-hmm. um, so cool. you know, well, like who has he introduced you to? Who is he? So he's, he's introduced me into a few, I mean, I, he was kind of a, very responsible for, so someone someone like Sarah Flynn, do you know Sarah Flynn, who's a, no. a, a brilliant ceramicist, kind of, uh-huh. um, uh, who I think won the Loewe Craft Prize, actually, right, right, right. Um, a couple of years ago. So she's terrific. And there's a, um, uh, and he kind of introduced to, to her. Also, Joe Hogan, who's a, who's a, a basket maker, who makes these, um, I mean, they are baskets, but they, they, they've got these, incredible forms and shapes um uh like very sculptural and and huge kind of um objects so he's introduced me to to plenty of people do you have Um, their work do you collect their work no so that's something it's something i've always i I, it was never something i considered really um Mm. was collection and actually again jonathan is someone who does collect and um has sort of started to to again introduce me to it but i've 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 never really that as a concept was never really um a thing to me and i don't know it's i don't know where kind of people i guess i'm i'm interested in how people get to that point like how kind of it's a certain it's a certain gene i mean it's like collecting is a certain because you collect a lot right i'm obsessed i'm obsessive (laughs) obsessive like art collector like all my money goes on art that's where it all goes, and I've collected oh, wow. like books. I've got shitloads yeah. of books, and, and I, 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 I do as well. And it's actually how Russell and I met was through our obsession with collecting. So, but it's and a certain gene because my brother yeah, has. What is, cause people I don't have know. talked about that to me. It's kind of it's like um, um, I guess yeah, just something in you that feels like you need to kind of collect those those objects or those pieces. Do you know you want to be custodial for things? You want to look after things and protect them and and be surrounded by things that inspire you. I've got a very visual mind, and but then my brother doesn't have any like he has bits and bobs. He has a nice house, a nice interior, but it's not like he cares. (laughs) But I'm like the complete polar opposite, where I'm like I have to know everything and. When we Go did on, that, um, when we did that New York Times article, I think we both realised then that it came from childhood because both of us had collections of things when we were kids, yes. and I think it stayed the whole way through our life. And I even remember, like, yeah. 
you know, obsessively wanting to know about all different kinds of creative things to the mm. point where, you know, you'd, you'd collect, have all these little collections of things. And I think it's that, that gene, whatever that is, stays <laughs> yeah. with you. Yeah. You know, it's a really funny thing, actually. I, I think a couple, so like a, a year or so ago, I, uh, or over a year ago, I bought my first ever piece of art. And I think that was, um, and that was just, uh, that was a, it's a quite a, a big oil on canvas by yeah. a guy called Max Wade, um, cool. that I'd seen in Cobb Gallery. Do you know Cobb Gallery? Yep. Oh, yeah. yes, I do. Um, I know them really well. Yeah. And so, um, I'd sort of, I'd seen that and I just got my flat and it was kind of this, there was this big space in the wall and all I could think was, well, I need, there is something that needs to fill this wall and it needs to be, look sort of like this. And then they just stumbled across this piece of art and then got really interested in these, um, um, these brilliant works. And Max is amazing, actually, makes these kind of abstract um, uh, pieces. So, so I bought that and that was the first time, but, afterwards i remember meeting with jonathan anderson and we were talking about it and he was like do you think you've got the bug like do you think you're now going to go and do this and buy this and buy this? <laughs> mm-hmm. and i was just for me it was like well no and i remember actually russell you were asking it the other day and i was like i, I just don't know if i've got enough room i don't have room and so <laughs> i think more what it would do more to me is it kind of create anxiety of like where am i going to put this because to me yeah. it's like i want i want to have you know, the dream is obviously to have, the, you know, some big um, building with like, you know, polished concrete floors and, and beautiful oak wooden plinths to put on ceramics. But mm-hmm. I, uh, until I have that vast space, it's like in my, you know, one bed flat in North London, it's not, it's going to look rubbish. They do always describe collectors as people that, that, you know, just keep buying even when you don't have the space. Yeah, of course. And it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that, that, yeah, that is yeah. the definition it's of a collection. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You need art anonymous. <laughs> it's like when all your it's cupboards definitely. are full, when all your yeah, like yeah. shelves are full, when all the wall space <laughs> is full, when your ceiling <laughs> is full and you've then got storage, that means you're a collector. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Well, well, we're definitely of, both I mean, like again, that. I, lo- I sort of like the idea of it. So maybe there is capacity for me to kind of go down the I think there is and I think we can encourage you. Are you going to I like this lifelong mission of kind of trying to curate your grandmother's works back and your grandfather yeah. do you live with those yeah so i live with i live with a lot of my grandmothers actually and that's a good point i think that there is i do i i like what you said about the bit kind of the idea of being a custodian of this stuff and i think yeah. that is something that i can liken to and i can um empathize with because i do feel um great pride in um in kind of kind of historical artifacts i suppose and it's particularly with my family but i mean actually as a kind of brit you know i love i sort of you know the idea of a kind of um i remember there was an amazing experience i had when i was quite young where i went to so i grew up in gloucestershire and there was this there's this um roman museum in sirencester and in this museum it was fairly boring for a young guy going to this Roman Museum as a school trip but I remember the one thing that felt really impactful was how how many of the exhibits in this museum were pots and so many things that survive from that kind of period were these ceramic pots and to me that's always been you know they're, they're very functional objects but they were always extremely um, intricate and beautiful mm-hmm. and so I guess I guess there's something about, you know, particularly with craft, 
like and uh, kind of an object that's been created by hand the mm. idea of holding on to that and being a custodian to that 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 maybe that's the, my sort of link into it and maybe that's where i'll kind of the history of all into being like a collective. The, the yeah. human con- the human condition and what it is is more of a practical yeah. craft as a practical background rather than just uh visual art which is there to be admired it's actually there to yeah. be used and there's a, a functional... and there's a story to it as well and there's um there's always a, a kind of a narrative that you can either create or that in this case with my grandmother there is a story behind it and there's nothing better than you know showing your friends a piece of art that you can say well that's what you know that was my grandfather's and um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah amazing um, oh my god hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Yeah, it's an incredible I've always thing. Loved, um, I've always loved ceramics and even when you mentioned basket making in relation to nature as well. Like you very yeah. much get this kind of sense of like the earth and like the materials, you know, you know, like somehow like taking the clay or the raw wood clay or the or it's all locally sourced, isn't it? Organic. I just yeah, love yeah. all that yeah. stuff though. Yeah. Like, I think that's no, kind I of totally why craft is so like special as well because it's it's got that somehow i know the oil paint uh, you know is also from nature you know a lot of the time but like it's also yeah. it's not because of pigments and things like that but i i, I still think you know uh, ceramics and, and pots and things yeah. just have a more direct i think that they're, i think that they're going through like a, a resurgence and i think there is yeah and i craft's think back. it's because craft is back and i think it's because there is a sort of a fee a kind of a, a yearning for uh, something that is organic or something that is yes. created from earth that is is purely you know hand to earth you know whatever that totally. is totally yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a skill and, and a skill I, people want skill, to see yeah. that yeah yeah but even those um, photos of you in japan you know at like mount fiji yeah. and lake aishi and um for the yeah. for the adverts i felt like those photos were so like you with nature and like you know with mm. the amazingly crafted yeah. um what's it called like paddle for canoeing and yeah. stuff like that yeah. like but it was all well, visually so like beautiful but also yeah. very handmade it was really well cool, that's been so that's been kind of what such a um a sort of it's been such, such an amazing experience again with the Lueve guys because I, I think very early on the first two campaigns I did were with my Stephen Mizell in in New York in his studio who, we love, who love is him. amazing and what and was that experience like then with him what's how does he work completely completely surreal so so I sort of I we I'd done a, 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 a kind of small side campaign with Dwayne Michaels who I can talk tell you about after but um mm-hmm. Uh, we'd done that and I'd met with Jonathan for a cup of tea and Jonathan had said, okay, so we're going to, you're going to go to New York um, to see Stephen Moisel and you just have to, 
he's, he was like, it's going to be, it is going to be strange, but you just have to accept it and just have to know that he's a genius and it will work and it will be brilliant. <laughs> And so that's that kind of initially set off all the anxieties. Imagine, <laughs> when, when I was like, wreck. Why is this not going to be um, easy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> and um, and so I went. I, I remember flying out, and it was also I think it was maybe the first time I'd ever been to New York as well. So there were so many kind of things going on in my head of sort of terror and excitement and. And and also kind of fear of like, well, this is proper modeling stuff now. It was like mm-hmm. the Dwayne Michael stuff was kind of, um, f- again, felt more artistic in the sense of like, you know, I'd, part of that shoot, I, I interviewed him as a kind of some video content for Lueva. And, and so that felt more kind of collaborative. This was like um, Steve Mizell shoots models and in a very in a kind of in a, a beautiful um kind of fashion chic way um mm. and i didn't feel like that was me and i went there and so we arrived at his studio and you don't meet him there's kind of a huge studio so many people working there you know pat mcgrath doing makeup and and uh, and all these amazing kind of figures and then at some point you wait sort of six, seven hours. And then at some point someone says, what? okay, Stephen's ready for you. And then you walk in and you spend maybe, or I spent maybe 20 minutes in front of the camera and, and it's just like shoot, 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 shoot. He makes you write down a playlist of your favorite songs and songs that you, you like, and then he'll, he'll blast it out. And it, it was kind of, it felt like it felt magical. I mean, it did feel very, um, uh, it felt like a performance. It felt, you know, having had all those anxieties going in, it never felt. Yeah. As soon as I stepped into that room, as soon as it was, as soon as it was me, it felt like it was me, Stephen, and the camera. Um, wow. It did change, and I, you know, all those fears kind of dropped away. So, so he made you feel really comfortable when you were able to like really access. Yeah. Wow. Are you pleased with the photos? Make... I love the photos. I did love the photos. Wow. I think it took me a while to love them, and it took me sort of, you know, it's like. I don't know if you find this, but if, if ever I see a film or a film that I've been in or a TV show I've done, it, t- it sort of takes me two or three years before I can actually go, oh, that was all right. Actually, you did, you were quite good in that. Oh or my you did God, all right yes, in that. yes. It yes, takes me a yes, long yes, time because yes. actually the first few viewings are actually all you're looking at is what is my hair doing? Why do my ears look like that? Like my eyes look so I've got there. the ear thing as well, mate. Don't worry. We've both got the ears thing. Yeah, We're, they light you we, from behind. I'm like, why? Well, well, I look like well. a beacon of light now <laughs> going through my earlobes. Yes. Um, so I think, it's, I think it was the same thing with myself. But I think going through that journey with Jonathan and the team was like, it, it, we had to do that in order to kind of discover the Isla Wave nature stuff, which is much more... Um, uh, yeah, well, it's more in touch with nature. It's more, it feels more me than than anything else. And that was else. a different photographer, wasn't it? That was Grace Sorrenti. Yeah, Maria Sorrenti's daughter. She's eighteen, which is kind of <laughs> ridiculous. But she's extraordinary. Um, yeah. We just went. We went around Japan for four or five days, and she just shot me. And and we, you know, we would walk. We'd walk through a forest at the base of Mount Fuji, and she'd just go, "Oh, that." that I can hear a waterfall and then we sort of walk and follow the waterfall and the whole team. And then we'd be at a waterfall and then she'd shoot. And it was, wow. I mean, it was, it could not be further from, you know, Mizell building a waterfall in a studio, <laughs> which yeah, is what yeah. he did with me. So it's kind of, I mean, it's like the t- total polar opposite, but um, it's a pleasure. It's, it is a, like a total treat. Again, it's kind of those, those photographers like, um, like I think Alison McLennan, um, you know, I think has uh, that thing of, the crossover between 
the, the have you worked with him? Have you been photographed by him? I haven't actually. No, I've never been photographed by him. And I'm kind of a huge fan of his. And we've always, we've, there's been a couple of occasions where we've just missed each other. Like he was sh- supposed to shoot a campaign, I think, or there was some talk of him shooting a campaign um, or a, a kind of editorial thing, actually, I think, um, with myself and Francis Lee after God's Own Country came yeah, out. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there was a period, I think, where he was being talked about for something else. So we've always, we, there's been a couple of occasions where we just missed A little dance it's around. It's definitely yeah. a little dance. It's, it, I mean, it's a dream. He has that kind of thing, doesn't he, where it feels, you can see, when you see, a, when you see an Alistair McLennan photograph, you know it's his. You know it's his, and I, yeah. I, I'm, I can't really pinpoint why, but I guess that maybe that's when it transcends into art as opposed to just editorial yeah, fashion. Now, talk, talking about um, art in, in kind of in different mediums, I actually think Francis Lee is a really amazing filmmaker, like verging mm. on art, because he, it's so special the way that he makes films. And the first time I ever saw you acting was in God's Own Country, which is such mm. an incredible film. And if people are in lockdown right now and haven't seen it, please watch that film. We actually mm. mentioned it in one of the earliest episodes of Talk Art, I think, because oh, I was wow. really touched by it. And I know Sam, who's um, Francis' like, partner yeah and um and I'd, I'd heard a lot about the film and then when i saw it i just could not get over how good the film was but what yeah. was it like working with him because he doesn't seem like a conventional film director to me no i mean again it's he's he's someone who you know lives in a hut in yorkshire in the middle of nowhere and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and kind of lives um in existence you know he consumes art in this in a similar way to i think all of us guys do you know he's he's a a, a lover of art and i think he, the kind of actually that what i was t- touched on earlier about this the idea of simplicity and stripping things back i think is something that sort of um interests him um i don't want to speak for him too much but i think that was certainly that was like kind of the, a collaborative thing that we had together was um you know in that film in particular in particular it's it's all about what's not said and it's all about a kind of a brooding presence as opposed to, mm. you know, we, it was kind of, you know, I'm a middle-class boy from, from the Cotswolds who, if I have emotional problems, I can talk about them. Um, yes. In Yorkshire, working on the farm, they don't talk about these things. It's no, there's no kind of, outlet. you know, it's, I, I always think, yeah, there's no outlet. I always thought it was really interesting after that, you know, when we took that film over to the States um, and we took, well, I think we opened it at Sundance and there was kind of, I remember questions coming in about, um, like, do we think that Johnny Saxby is uh, is a repressed um, gay man? And it was like, no, not at all. Like, not at all. He just doesn't talk about it. And sexuality isn't something that he talked about or um, the idea of being loved and loving isn't something he talked about. And I think what Francis does so well in that film and in his kind of films going forward is that he doesn't ever feel the need to express or overexpress an emotion mm. or a shot or an image, whatever it is, you know, it's always, it's kind of, um, it's sort of clear and concise and, and minimal. Mm. Um, and that's what's so clever and powerful about him. Yeah. It's a different way of communicating. I think there's a quote that he says about the character and about that world, about like you being repressed homosexual and you're not really he says because people work so hard in that part of england that as long as you work hard no one cares who you sleep with it's literally like <laughs> yeah, the priority right. the priority <laughs> yeah. is like the work everything else is do what the fuck you want but you make the yeah. work good yeah, yeah yeah i think that's true i, I think that's what, like what's so wonderful about that um about that story is is a guy who's 
who do, who can never he never actually really uh, does find a language to articulate uh, an emotion. But basically, yeah. it's about you know a young man trying to understand what it feels like and what it means to to make a relationship work and and be in love yeah. and receive yeah. love. And actually, it's you know, as amazing. You know, what people sometimes forget about Francis is that he is a brilliant filmmaker, but he's an unbelievable writer. And when he yeah. writes, you know, there's a line at the end of that film where he says, I've come all the way up here on a coach and everything. And that's his way of saying, uh, I love you. But it's they, mm. they don't have that language. Or he, this mm. character doesn't have that language. I always think that's kind of um, incredibly kind of simplistic and powerful. Mm. And, and, and the... the the ability to reduce it and bring it back and hold off on those things has mm. always kind of impressed me. Didn't you get sick on that as well, talking about like the current yeah. climate of washing hands? Wasn't there a moment in that <laughs> where they had to stop filming? They did. It was like they stopped filming for a whole week. And I think there was a big issue about washing hands on that. I think because I was talking about it the other day, because as we all have, I assume, been washing our hands Vigorously, yes. Like I've got like um, I've got like dry, flaky, like scaly lizard so skin. Oh, yeah. I actually had to put hand cream yeah. on before this episode. They're ruined. They're ruined, so Josh. They're ruined. <laughs> ruined I'll never be working for the wavy again. <laughs> <laughs> Not as a hand model. No. That's as far as I ever get. Probably as a hand. Model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, they they're really bad, and I remember I remember having this. I was thinking about it. I was like, when was the last time I had to wash my hands so vigorously and so consciously? And it was God's own country. So I got because I got I was kind of. I was working on the farm as we were shooting it. And so there was sort of days where I'd be like delivering a lamb for real. Mm. And then mm. they'd say, okay, Josh, just quickly clean your hands. Cause we're going to do a take. And you go, yeah, yeah. And you wash your hands of blood and then you do a take like some romantic scene. Mm. And I think, I think the kind of, I, I feel like the hysteria of being on a farm <laughs> and also trying to be an actor um, mm. compared to now feels quite <laughs> sort of similar. Um, but I did get, yeah, I got very sick and, um, and, sort of lost so much weight and looked like a skeleton um yeah wow. it was awful, awful do you find it hard to see yourself looking like that um, it works for the character but as like yeah it works yeah. for the character do, do you know what it's actually kind of easier than than most things you know i think sometimes when you're when if you ever you know when you get to go on like a uh, kind of more transformative experience yes. i sometimes feel like that sort of I guess it's easier to warrants. watch because it doesn't, yes. yeah, warrants. If it feels like you've you've done, you're not looking you've at yourself. It. Or, you've done the work. Yeah, you can kind yeah, of yeah. you can make the excuse of like, oh, that was me doing a performance. I don't <laughs> actually look like that. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, it was it was kind of. I remember. I actually remember um, a friend coming out of, uh, or not a close friend, a friend of a friend coming out of seeing Gods and Country and saying, "God, your ears are so like stick out so much," and I was. And I remember thinking, nice. well, they do. Yeah. I mean, they do. Yeah, that's not prosthetics. That's like, yeah, that's that was your really review is. of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's, okay. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> but I remember, he was a critic. Yeah. <laughs> really? Um, but yeah, exactly. But I feel like I, I remember feeling a little bit sort of like uh, kind of I had a defense up. I felt like that was uh, somehow I'd achieved something because if he hadn't noticed that in my in real life, because, of yes. course, my ears are the same, then I must have yeah. done something right. Um but maybe not. Maybe he was. They were just so extraordinary that he couldn't focus on anything else. Um, wow. So yeah, I know. I had the experience. I was doing a play at the Royal Court called The Pass. So I was playing this footballer, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, I saw it." it and, oh, did I you see it? it? Yeah, oh, I saw it. Yeah, oh, amazing. And then, and then I was doing. Then 
about three weeks into performances, I was doing a TV show, a comedy for ITV called The Job Lot, which is this comedy set in a job yeah. centre. And I was, so I was getting up at like 5.30 in the morning filming, then going to the theatre and doing the oh, show yes. in the evening. So for the first week, I was okay and I was filming. <laughs> and then I got food poisoning at the weekend. And then on stage, I skip, I was skipping loads and I skipped over a shot glass and bust my ankle, but I was still having to continue doing the play. So suddenly... I was, oh I God. looked horrific. So there's two episodes of the job block. Well, literally, <laughs> I look like I'm, I'm about to die. I look like I've just got some hideous wasting disease. I'm yeah. so pale. And my ears, exactly, my ears stick out more because I look so chiseled with like sallow face. <laughs> yeah. And I, I watch that now if I ever see it and I'm like, oh my God. And so many people were like yeah. on Twitter going like, is Russell Toby okay? He doesn't look very well. And I was like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I was so well. rough. I mean, it was, it was, I and, I, and that was like, after that, I was like, I, can't, I don't think you could do that. When you're younger, you think, oh, you can do, I can film during the day. I could do a play in the evening. Yeah. I can fit in a voiceover. Yeah. I'm writing my own autobiography yeah. and you think I do it all you can't it's like when something knocks you back <laughs> yeah. it was so hard but also so it's so hard. those things are so kind of shocking because they are those you know those moments exist and, and exist forever then right I think that's yeah. the hardest thing I find is like when when something comes out and my image is there and exists especially with kind of television um mm. that's it then it's sort of that's <laughs> there's no going back no. um and so with streaming it just lives there it just circulates yeah. doesn't it with streaming sometimes back in Horrifying. the day you do it and then it'd be on and off and you'd never see it again and now it's like oh okay there's that <laughs> yeah. show that i no, it's can't always stand there. there it is yeah Everyone's exactly. watching it. thank you i think it must be the same actually for a lot of artists and there's i remember i remember reading something about uh george is it brat brack who did Brock, yeah, George Brock. Yeah, yeah. George Brock was talking about, I remember reading something about one of his paintings that, that he wasn't, I don't know whether he was like a, a fan of it himself or whatever. He was never like happy with it. It felt like it was an incomplete work, but it existed and um, must have been privately sold or something. And that he could never, he couldn't bear the idea that too many people would see it. And I think. Right. Like now, I mean, it would be an absolute nightmare because you can kind of yeah. get these things at the you know where you like. Instagram, yeah, yeah. So total not me. Josh O'Connor's posting about them. So. <laughs> Useless. But that's a, that's the same for so many emerging artists that are creating work, and then the galleries are like, get more work, and they yeah. don't have time to sit with it. And suddenly, a few years later, they look back and they're like, why did I let that leave my studio? Why did I feel pressured? <laughs> yeah. like, it wasn't yeah. ready. But yeah. there's a famous story, isn't there, of an artist who goes back into a collector's home, seduces the collector to become friends with them, and then takes a pencil and starts, when they're in the kitchen, starts changing the work on the wall. No! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Carmen told me about it. It's a really who brilliant was the story. Artist? Oh, that's like like it it's quite a famous artist. It's someone like, you know, like uh, Van Gogh or somebody. And and they used to go to the collector's house and then start editing the, the well, work. But it wouldn't be Van wall, Gogh because so... he didn't sell anything in his lifetime. So it okay, have been well, him. not Van Gogh, but it was like an iconic artist, like de Kooning. <laughs> Just to pick you up, it on might that have there, been yeah? de Kooning or somebody. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it in anyway once I okay. find it's out. It's like sure. a, I mean, it sounds like it's a really crazy film. Story. There's a film in that somewhere. Yeah, totally. But there's a yeah. film in your totally. life, isn't there, Josh? With like, would you ever want to play John Bunting, your granddad? Is he? Well, I mean, how would people find his work? I think, I mean, you can find, I mean, basically by looking online, you can find a lot of his stuff. But the thing that kind of comes back a lot, and that I think there is a film in somewhere, is that he mm -hmm. spent most of his life building a, a war memorial chapel 
yes. in the middle of nowhere in Yorkshire, which in exists. North Yorkshire, I know, yeah. yeah. I wanted to bring this up, yeah. completely extraordinary. It's one of the most beautiful um, spaces I've ever been to. And that's not just... It's completely hand-built, isn't it? Completely hand-built. And he's, he built the stained glass windows, which are stunning. And then inside... What is it called? It's, I think it's just called the War Memorial Chapel at Thirsk. And it, yes, and it's, and it's 1957. Yeah. And so my mum grew up you know, every single weekend going and sitting in this in the middle of nowhere in this forest while he would so carry on nice. building this chapel. Oh Which I feel God. like there's, you know, there's something in that. Whether I'd want to play on myself, I'd, I'd, I feel like, no. I, I don't know. I'd probably what was his ears someone, like? Someone that you do it. Um, his ears, yeah. It would, be, it would either be you or me, Russell. I think. Okay, I'd so it's a family trait. He's got the ears. Yeah, so saw, okay, cool. If you don't want to do I it, saw, I'll do it. Fine. I saw yeah, really yeah. great, great photos online of like an exhibition that someone had visited, um, where your family put kind of uh, wooden sculptures out outdoors in the forest and stone sculptures yeah. as well. And it was like an open day or an open week or something. We yeah. got to go and visit it all and see the exhibition. It looked so brilliant in that context. Oh, it was amazing. And what's amazing is there's so many people who kind of stumble. I think there's a, like a footpath just yes. out, just kind of beyond where people would walk through. And yeah, there's, over there's, there's time, like it's National kind of Trust people have, websites yeah, people have sort of spotted it and come over. And, and so th- I think my uncle started doing a few open days where we'd showcase his art and things like that. But um, yeah, the Royal, I mean, the other, the other place, the Royal um, Sculptors Society, I think, which is in Kensington, they've been incredibly supportive and seem to mm. have a lot of his work and, and, and have been really helpful to us in organising some exhibitions. So um so his work is slightly niche, but you can find it, basically. It is out and there. talking about you um, acting in a biopic, I think that's what they call them, isn't it? Um, yeah. I'd almost imagine maybe you might want to play a footballer, because aren't you a massive Southampton FC fan? I am. I am a big you fan. wanted to be a Isn't footballer, didn't you? It was a footballer actor or artist <laughs> yeah, as a kid, right? Yeah, I really wanted to be a footballer for a long time. But then I think, I mean, it was, you know, it's one of those things where I, I think I wanted to be a footballer for a long time until it became very clear and it was quite quick that it becomes clear that you're not nowhere near good enough um and also i think i mean realistically looking back the things that excited me about i remember playing football with a a sunday league side and and the thing that um i used to come into all the into the change rooms and be like got like guys i've got this amazing idea for a design for our new kit next season and they were right, like right. josh we couldn't care less about this yeah um <laughs> and and probably you know took the mick out of me for doing that so so i think i yeah i sort of i think i should have known really that um i was better suited to you're more visually <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yeah um so yeah so it didn't last very long so we ask every guest on TalkArt two questions. They're very difficult, so you better prepare yourself. But you might okay. already know the answers because I guess you've mm-hmm. heard a few episodes. Um, but the first question is, if you could do an imaginary art heist where you take home an artwork um, of any scale, size, anything y- you really love, or if you don't want to steal something, it could just be a touchstone, what would you take home? So I have like, two, so I, I sort of do know my answer. Basically, I have, I have two pieces that I've always... Um, loved and they're very different so I would really love to have the angel of the north in my garden um, by Gormley yeah and it sounds mad but it is it is is the one piece where um, I didn't even realize it was a piece of art growing up I remember driving along the motorway and seeing it as a young kid and being sort of terrified by it 
but it remains this beacon um, that feels very um, homely and feels like home to me. Um, and I think that combined by the fact that my grandfather um, uh, taught, taught him. him, it feels yeah. like an extra special piece. So there's that. It's quite and terrifying. Then, You're right. It is a terrifying, ominous figure. It's a terrifying, figure. ominous figure. I know never, no one ever seems to talk about it. And every time I hear people You're talking right. about Hazel North, they, all they say is like, isn't it wonderful? No, it's beautiful. terrifying. Um, I so, do remember yeah. driving past it, though, and thinking how majestic it is in real life. Yeah. Like in real it life, because in photographs, I never really understood it or got no, it. No, it doesn't. And then when I, I, I remember driving past a few times, and, you, and especially when the light, if the sun's going down or that kind of time of day, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing it once and it was actually really quite extraordinary. And it, it shocked me how extraordinary it was, because I think I'd already made up my mind that, that it wasn't my yeah. favourite thing by him or something. It's you got a I mean? War like, of the Worlds vibe to me. It feels like it's this. Yes. it's been placed there by aliens or some other kind of like, like the easter island yeah, yeah, yeah. sculptures and stuff like mount yeah. like in like peruvian sort of like I mean, placed there by these ancient people we know nothing about along with stonehenge like Aztec, it's yeah. like that has that <laughs> yeah. vibe about it yeah, yeah. totally well yeah, thanks for, for that sure. one because that's like that, that's gonna be really easy just to go and uh, yeah yeah, yeah we just, just, <laughs> the one the, one yeah, the three of us can lift that up and carry that down the uh, <laughs> exactly. the a yeah, four way would be fine easy yeah. to carry but the other one is in the do you know naguchi yeah, I'd love any of any of Noguchi's work. So I, I think I feel like if I couldn't have the Angel of the North, I had to have a second one. It would have to be one of those. Where have you seen them? I've never seen I've never seen one for real. But there's a, a, a beautiful sculpture which is like a I don't even know the name of it, but it's a it's a, like a huge rock that's like hanging on what looks like a, a sort of um, a bar from a, a, a ballet studio. And it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen. So I'd, I'd love to, and that's, to have that. That's that. very your your taste, isn't it? That, your yeah. aesthetic. His, his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. one of yes, those. Josh. One of those and one of those. Right. We saw that out. And then uh, the other question we ask is, what is your favourite colour and why? Okay. So I, d I think my favourite colour is mustard yellow. Um, right. And the reason is, is because it is my grandmother's favourite colour and seems to appear a lot in her ceramics. Um, oh. And she had, she used to, she was of the kind of generation where you wouldn't throw away plastic. And so her whole studio was covered in these um, old um, biscuit, plastic biscuit um, boxes, which all had yellow kind of turn top um lids and they were sort of a mustard yellow and it remains my f my favorite color and my flat is covered in the stuff so um oh. mustard yellow oh that's really dude sweet. that's so nice we do have one yeah, bonus uh, question yeah. actually rob don't we oh, yeah. now we're all no, in no, lockdown you, you do it, yeah. <laughs> well what what have you discovered since we've all been in quarantine that is your hidden lockdown talent something you didn't and know if you, you haven't had found before. one yet because we're still at the beginning of lockdown but um yeah what what, what would you like it to be Okay, so I think my my lockdown talent, and actually I don't know whether it is a talent, so it might be a combination of I think it's a talent, and if it's not a talent, I'm going to make it a talent, is yeah. um, is gardening. So I've, I've been Ooh. spending my whole time gardening, and I planted some bulbs today, and I've, been, I've started my own compost heap. Um, and so my, my hope, I know, I know. My You're hope from another is era. Be a god. Yeah, but it's not that surprising. Right? You're he, like he a, you are wartime. You are like the wartime. He worked yeah. on the farm yeah. in God's own country. Wartime he's like a, he's yeah. technically a farmer. I'm yes. basically a farmer. He's, he's got all the skills. Yeah. Thanks, You've actually like yeah. learned all those skills because 
yeah. and method actor. It's a, it's a real life method actor. It exists. <laughs> Although it'd be the farmer I work with on Gods and Country would be um, not that impressive by gardening right now. I'm sure. Um, okay. You're yeah, going to have I an allotment one day, aren't you? You're going to be someone with an allotment. I'm already on a waiting list. Your I'm, not even doing, I'm actually already <gasps> on a waiting list for an allotment in North London. Yes. But apparently, it's like 20 years. So in 20 years' time, oh. I'll have an allotment. Oh, well, somebody has to wait, die wait. and then you can get in. Is that how it yeah, works? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. being a BAFTA member. <laughs> is, that, is that how, that's probably how I it I think works. it used to it be, is. yeah. I think it used to be, yeah. There's only a certain select number, so somebody's dying. They're like, you're Whatever welcome to BAFTA. First, and you're like, happen, oh, yeah. somebody's died. Yeah, this is quite a sad occasion, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Me you know joining. I think, but I think most BAFTA members probably have an allotment as well, to be honest. Yes, I feel like that's how I it works. True. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank yeah, you so true. much, Josh. It has yeah. been so thanks, cool thanks and fun Russell. and yeah. interesting. I feel like I've yeah. learned a lot, actually. So, yeah. good one. I've always great. seen you, thanks, Josh, too. as as like um, the male Tilda Swinton. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> whoa, that's so cool. That is a compliment. Yeah, I just Jeez. think you're a genius, and I love what you do, and I I'm so proud that Russell. you're on here. But I do, I really do. I love Tilda. That's so lovely. I just want to tap on one thing. You're 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 swimming yeah. for mine charity at the moment, and you're 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 doing thirty swims yeah. in. How is that all going? Thirty swims. So it's going quite well. So the idea was thirty wild swims in my thirtieth year um, to raise money for mine charity. Um, I'm on twenty six, and now that we're in lockdown, it's slightly tricky. So mm. I've got to do it before my birthday on the twentieth of May. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of, I'm hoping that a bit of the lockdown's lifted. Uh, they have to be at different places, um, all, and it has to be in the UK. So I've done lots in Scotland, in locks, in ponds, in lakes, and I've got four left. So we need, we sort of got to pray for the lockdown to lift. If it doesn't, then I might extend it a bit because I think that's only I think fair. you're going to have to because it's not, it's not, it's, it wasn't like your fault that you missed them. No, you know, exactly. So, right. And I think most things are being extended, like, you know. I feel yeah. like people still sponsor you for well, this. People can still sponsor me. Yeah, I'm so bad at the kind of the um, publicizing that. myself. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But um, well, we're going to publicize can. it. And actually, you just that. got another yes, donation because I'm now going to donate. Yeah. Oh, is it a link off of your it. Instagram as well? Is it connected There's to There's a link on my Instagram and uh-huh. it's uh, okay. like a GoFundMe thing. And you, um, awesome. you click on it and then you can, you can, um, you can donate. Yeah. And just Amazing. remind me who you're raising money for. For Mind Charity. Okay, great. Um, yeah, mental yeah, health charity. Mental health charity. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing, Josh. Uh, we love you. Well, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Rob. For all images amazing. about today's, uh, we talked about in today's episode, please follow us on at Talkart on Instagram. And then Josh is at Josh O'Graphy uh, yeah. on Instagram. So you'll be able to see a lot of his drawings. He won't ever give you one, but you can look at them. <laughs> And, uh, and to be honest, if Xavier Dolan can't get one, I mean, I don't know who will get one. Maybe I know. he Swinton. will get. Xavier will get his one day. He will get. His one. I Maybe would love Xavier to come swap. on this show. Actually, I love Xavier. It should be an art um, swap. Yeah, you great. give him a draw, and he gives you a part. There we go. A film. Yeah, I love that. It's a good exactly. idea. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Cheers, okay, we'll everyone. We'll be back soon. Bye. Thanks. Big love. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com